Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us, and welcome to The Stage, the official performing arts podcast of the NFHS. Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to the stage. This is a very different episode, um, very different time in everyone's life with coronavirus. um, Everyone's working from home, schools are closed. Coming to you here from the safety of our homes in early April, we're going to have Dr. James Weaver from the NFHS, the Director of Performing Arts and Sports at the NFHS, and Mr. Alan Greiner, the Executive Director of the Iowa High School Music Association. Um, You've heard from both of them before, but I think they're gonna have some really good stuff for you today. They're gonna talk about different um, copyright guidance. They're gonna talk about resources that you as an administrator or a teacher can turn to, um, specific performing arts related resources. They're really just gonna give you a lot of avenues to explore and hopefully answer some of your questions. So without further ado, here's the interview. Okay, here they are, Mr. Alan Greiner and Dr. James Weaver. Well, today we have a very special episode. We are joined by Mr. Alan Greiner and Dr. James Weaver um, here to talk about everything involving COVID-19 and copyright compliance and some things they've been working on behind the scenes. Um, Dr. Weaver, Allen, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's exciting to be here. And um, we are pedaling just as fast as we can to try and help our schools uh, get the resources they need to be able to continue teaching uh, remotely when they aren't quite ready to do that yet. Dr. Weaver, do you want to talk about some things you guys have been working on behind the scenes? Sure. So a couple of things we've been working on lately has just been, what do we do to support our music educators in the classroom uh, in order to allow music education to continue as they are going to continue with their math studies? Uh, it's just as important, and but there's some more technical issues with that. Um, my wife is a middle school math teacher, and so she can just create a bunch of math stuff on the, uh, the platform she's using, and their students just go fill it out. When it comes to music, we have uh, unique issues with copyright materials that go through. And when you record something, it becomes illegal once you distribute it. And so we're really trying to work through what distance learning means in a music classroom and how it is different than what you would have in a, what you consider a core academic classroom. And so we've been working with our partners with the Educational Theater Association and the National Association of Music Education in order to create good resources and guidance for everybody. And so we'll talk about some of those resources, I think, in a little while. So one of the areas where Alan and I have really worked together on is creating a list of guidance for the schools to follow when it comes to music and theater education in the schools. So a couple of things you'll find on the NFHS website is uh, questions on, can a student record themselves and submit those recordings for grades? The answer to that is absolutely yes. However, there's a lot of things you need to take uh, into consideration as to how that classroom is set up online. privacy things have to be there. They have to be able to be just for the rostered students for that class. Um, Those kinds of safety guards have to be set up in order to distribute the recordings that they would make today. Uh, Will simply posting these recordings on YouTube be okay? Probably not. Uh, We need to remember that YouTube is inherently shareable. And so most things we put on there 
isn't going to work. Uh, the third thing we have on this uh, COVID-19 guidelines is how can I transmit sheet music to my students at work? Uh, one thing you need to remember, you simply cannot email or Dropbox or anything else sheet music to students. However, what is nice is that uh, groups such as Hal Leonard and Barnhouse have been very uh, gracious in allowing those to be uh, transmitted by email from, um, from teacher to student as long as the teacher already has legally purchased copies of that sheet music. So that's a caveat. You can't just have a photocopy that you're going to send out. <clears throat> and then when this crisis is over, those need to be deleted. So we do want to thank those publishers for that support. Uh, the other thing, can I have my um, students evaluated by an online adjudicated event? The answer is possibly. So there's a couple of things that need to go in there with how you're going to distribute scores and how you're going to distribute the recordings and those kinds of aspects. Uh, and then also, can I operate an online recital? And this one I'm going to kick over to Alan for him to describe, because this is one that uh, I hadn't thought about until we were putting this guidance together. All right. Well, one of, one of the needs that our, that our teachers have right now is for, for our kids to be able to perform. Uh, and right now, copyright law doesn't allow us to actually have uh, students be able to perform in public um, uh, via, uh, via the internet, via digital means. Uh, anytime we record uh, those performances and then distribute those performances, we need synchronization licensing to be able to do that, permissions. Uh, and so this process uh, becomes, it's labor intensive, it's costly, and, and quite honestly, our teachers don't have the time and resources to be able to address this properly right now, uh, given the current copyright guidance. So we're, we're trying to put together scenarios uh, or, or put together new initiatives that would, would allow for that. But right now we, we, we aren't there, but we're making some traction with some different publishers on that. Um, Dr. Weaver, is there anything else I should address with that? I think the only other thing we can address is that if you currently have an ASCAP license or BMI license um, with your school, you are able to um, run like an online recital. And I use air quotes that nobody can see on the podcast. But you're able to run an online recital basically because your streaming is covered through your public performance license. So as long as it's being run through a school account, you're able to do a live uh, streaming of those student performances for a recital type purpose. Dr. Weaver, so you, you mentioned um, some publishers that were are working with us. Um, people that are listening to this might not have caught that. What, who are the publishers and what exactly does that mean? So right now, the publishers we're working with that I mentioned earlier are for sheet music only. Um, and so the, I know Hal Leonard and Barnhouse have been very gracious in allowing this to happen. I know there's more out there that are allowing you to have digital distribution of sheet music. Uh, we're also working with publishers to allow a distribution of recordings. Uh, we're still in the infant stages of that happening now. So you need to make sure you check out the NFHS website and the COVID-19 guidance to find out which publishers are allowing for digital distribution of recorded materials for students. And then what else, so new guidelines we have developed for that as well. And I can go through those here in a little bit. Um, but I don't really want to go through that list right now, just because that list is starting to grow and grow quickly. And so I don't want to leave anybody out to this particular recording. I want to go back and talk a little bit about the online digital, uh, digital classroom uh, for video performances for our teachers. So one of the things that our teachers need to make sure that they're, they're recognizing and, and that they're addressing as they're doing this is copyright law does allow them to be able to create an online environment that is only between them 
and the teacher and the student so that only they have access and, and administration obviously for the school have access to those those student performances so it's a contained classroom setting online uh, they, they can upload materials there uh, to teach uh, they can upload videos to, for the teacher to critique and and to, to give them feedback on uh, but it's contained within that school district themselves it, they can't go be current copyright law doesn't allow them to go beyond the confines of their school district uh, so we need to make sure that uh, they're complying by that until we can create some sort of medium that allows for a larger adjudicated event type thing to happen that's outside of the confines of the actual school district right now. Yeah, because Alan, those are actually really restrictive um, when we, you and I were talking about that because it has to be in the school with the school email domain um, and it can't be distributed out of that. I know my sons, when they were doing theirs, they were trying to share something with me because my email is into the uh, Plainfield, Indiana school district email domain. Um, I was unable to view anything. And those are some of the restrictions that have to be in play in order to follow copy, current copyright law. Right, right. So it works as long as you don't want anybody from outside of your area adjudicating any of your students. Yeah, well, it's got to be somebody within the school district adjudicating, yeah. adjudicating your, your, your things. And most of our adjudicated events, we're looking for outside opinion, outside expertise. So that scenario and that framework doesn't really work for what, for what our needs are uh, for our teachers. Right. Uh, so that's, that's the work that you and I are focusing on right now at the, at the national level is to figure out some sort of solution for that, given where we're at right now with our digital process. So one of the areas I'm really excited about that Alan has developed is kind of an emergency Facebook group for his teachers in Iowa. Uh, I think it's going to turn out to be much more than just an emergency use. It's uh, very exciting, the materials they have on there. So Alan, if you can just kind of run through some of the ideas that your teachers have put onto this Facebook group, that might be beneficial for other states to know about. Sure. Yeah, uh, just a little bit of history behind the Facebook group. Uh, one of the challenges that I found was that uh, our choral directors have a very active Facebook group. Um, and quite honestly, I stole the idea right from them. Uh, but I was finding that information I was posting there and distributing there, I then had to, to distribute uh, in a different manner to our band directors via email and to our string teachers via email uh, because they didn't have um, any, kind of face, uh, any kind of Facebook group or similar Facebook group. They're on the, the national band director Facebook group, but there's nothing Iowa specific uh, for them. Uh, we also found that I didn't really have a way to reach our middle school teachers and our elementary teachers. Um, so decided to create this Facebook group and then I engaged each of our different, uh, in Iowa we've got five different uh, associations that deal with music teachers and music educators. And so I, I asked them to reach out to their membership and encourage them to, to join this Facebook group uh, so that we could all uniformly discuss and brainstorm ideas for online learning. Um, knowing that uh, two heads are certainly better than one uh, and that we don't need to all reinvent the wheel. It just became a great way to share resources uh, and, and share ideas about how we're gonna address this, this new challenge we have to deliver our, our instruction online um, and do it in a way that is copyright compliant and get that information out there. And, and things are changing quickly. Guidance from the National Federation are changing quickly. Guidance from our governor here in Iowa is changing daily, it seems. And so we needed a way to address that quickly and get that information out there quickly to them uh, so that they then could make the plans and, and, and start working uh, 
in those directions in a uniform way. So this Facebook group, uh, I, we, we launched it last Friday. Um, was it last Friday, James? Something like yep. that. Last Friday. And, and uh, started getting folks in there. Well, as of today, we have 590 and 98 members. Um, Which is so awesome. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's growing. Uh, people, there, people are adding content uh, left and right, um, dealing with all kinds of different things. Um, topics uh, such as, um, you know, how do I deal with disinfecting my, my instruments? Uh, you know, my, my kids need to pick up their instruments, but I don't, I, I don't want them to be reinfected or infected with COVID-19 if, if that instrument is contaminated. How do we disinfect that? How do we, how do we disinfect the instruments if they had COVID-19 and, uh, and they, they, we don't want them to reinfect themselves if they've gone through it and now are, are well again. So, you know, how do you do that? And so we've got some guidance out there from a couple of different resources that uh, we pulled together um, and th that were shared there. Uh, we've got guidance on, all right, I know how to do a, I, I know how to do a Facebook Live. I know how to do, I know how to record a video and share that out. But how do you put a quartet together and, and, and have them perform an ensemble digit online and, and, and make all of that work? What's that process look like? Well, we've got some tutorials that people have shared on how to do that. Um, we have uh, activities uh, in Iowa. I don't know what's happening in other states, um, but in Iowa right now, our schools have a choice. They can either uh, do a voluntary uh, activity, um, do voluntary activities with the students, or they can move directly to a required online learning process with, their, with the students in their schools. It's a district level um, decision that each school district uh, is gonna decide. And so if it's voluntary activities, um, our, our teachers are told that they can't deliver new instruction to the student, that it needs to be reinforcement activities for stuff that's already been taught. So what does that process look like? What do those activities look like? Um, and, and how can we deal with those activities in a digital way? So there's ideas regarding that. And then there's the, you know, the, the stuff that deals with, okay, we're gonna have a required curriculum online. Well, music performance, you know, it's a very visual, a very public thing. How do you do that and stay within copyright law in doing that? Um, what, is, what does that look like? What can we do? What can't we do? Uh, so we've got discussion threads with, with regard to all of that. And then of course, um, we've got places for, uh, and so people are, are uploading samples for, uh, of, of their different assignments and their different, uh, here's how we're handling it. And here's what my school district is doing right now. And, and here's, here's what we're requiring. And here's the process we're going through for kids to be able to come in and get instruments and, and get access to their instruments when, when, when they didn't have a chance to when all this hit and they were, they were forced out of the building. So Alan, so, are you finding uh, that there's a, a general trend that's occurring with all the schools or is everyone kind of just everywhere right now? No, the, the general trend seems to be the teachers are not allowed back in the school, uh, that they may be allowed back into to identify instruments, to mark the instruments and to set them out for the students to come pick up, but then the teachers to leave the building and then the janitor or the administrator, the school administrator, one person will then walk one, one parent and one child back to that instrument, get the instrument and then leave the building. So it's being handled on an appointment basis, very isolated, very much uh, in a controlled way so that uh, we're, we're practicing the social distancing 
requirements that, that, that are out there. And I think one of the key things that you mentioned was that collaboration is key and that you shouldn't have to reinvent the wheel if you're a music teacher, band director, um, that there are resources out there. Right. Um, and, and so if you're a teacher or even a state administrator and you're struggling to, to really identify with any of this gobs and gobs of information that's out there, what are some sources that you guys would suggest for them to turn to? Well, obviously, the very first resource I would point them to is the National Federation's guidance that they have out there. Uh, you have a great collection uh, of, of a, a great starting point of resources for, for, for schools, and it's great information of here's what you have to follow, and, 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 and it's morphing. And so if we can point people to that place, uh, that, that uniform national repository of information uh, that that. Okay, go here for this for the latest information, and knowing that that you as the national federation will continually update that as changes happen, that's just huge right now. Is having that national resource for us to pull from, uh, and then uh, NAFME has incredible resources that are out there available for the public at large, as well as some specific things that are only for the, for their membership. Um, but that that's a great resource for our teachers as well, and then we have. You know, and then the, the products that our teachers themselves are putting together are, are important. One of, one of the things that I found was really important with this Facebook group, our teachers right now are, are struggling because they feel alone. They feel isolated. Um, they're, they're feeling like I'm, I, I don't have anybody in this with me. I have, to, I have to take care of this all myself. Well, this Facebook group has told them, has given them a way to know that, no, you're not alone. You don't have to do this yourself. We don't have to each reinvent the wheel here. Here, let's do it collectively. Let's brainstorm this collectively and let's uh, and, and, and use this as a place to support each other and to, and to build, build each other up and to, to build upon the work that others have done. Uh, so that I think is maybe the most valuable part of this is just to letting our, our people know that you're not alone. And, and we're here, we're all working together. We're all doing, trying to do our part to, to help move through this. Well, and Alan, to that point, I mean, it might be good for people to know, too, that we are doing that at a national administrator level, too. Um, Absolutely. About every 10 days, we have a meeting with all the national music directors from all, all 50 states uh, get together and realize that, hey, we are not alone in this as well. Um, I know the first one, after our first one we had, which was the kind of test pilot, I sent out a quick email for feedback and everyone who replied back was like, I'm just glad to know I'm not the only one dealing with everything that's crashing around us. Exactly. Uh, so I think that's a great point to have. And I think it's a great point for teachers to realize that there's, they are not the only ones dealing with all this stuff. Right, right, right. And we all have our own organizations that we're all banding together to try and figure it out yeah. and, and try and put it together. And, and we're, we're pedaling as fast as we can. <laughs> sure. So Alan, I think one thing that uh, we didn't talk about yet, which I think is one of the things we talk about all the time, is if you haven't done so, now is a great time to take the NFHS copyright compliance course. Absolutely. And Iowa directors, remember that you have to take this course before you participate in your next IHSMA event, which will be next fall. So now's a great time to get that requirement taken care of. So if you're an Iowa listener, you've heard it right from Alan right now. So get on and take that course. 
it is a little bit of a long course, but it's a great course. It's free. Um, it does have a lot of information that we talked about here today um, as far as how to be compliant with digital distribution of things. So that does go into more detail than we went in today. Um, but if you happen to find yourself with an extra couple minutes here or there, it's a good course to kind of walk through and it's a go at your own pace sort of course. Absolutely. So, and it'd be, it'd be important to also note that as, you, as, as in all National Federation courses, it's not something you have to do in one sitting. You can, you can complete the course in, in, in little snippets as, as your time allows. You can do a 10 minute sitting, come back, the course will remember where you're at, come back in the next day, do another 10 minutes or, or, or whatever your time schedule allows, um, but you can progress through it at your own pace as your time allows. Great feature of that course and of that platform that you use to deliver instruction on. So Alan and Dr. Weaver, let's say that a teacher has taken the course, they've looked at all the resources online, and they still they still would like some guidance on some specific questions. Would you have them reach out to their superintendent, their state administrator, uh, to, to examine US copyright law like you two gentlemen have? Where would you point them to next to actually get some question and answer, face-to-face -face interaction? So I think the best place to go is if you have questions after all of this, um, like our legal counsel says, check with your, your school district's legal counsel before you proceed with anything that you think is questionable. Um, if you, it doesn't follow with the guidance that's been put out lately or the guidance that has been put out by your state, uh, then you need to ask your, your district's legal counsel. Uh, one, one important caveat to that, and you want to encourage your district's legal counsel is to make sure that they seek guidance within their own legal community from intellectual property attorneys. Right. Um, general counsel at schools don't necessarily have all of the knowledge that they need to address some of these complex copyright questions that, that come up. And so we wanna make sure we're pointing them to uh, legal counsel that, that has the expertise that they need. That's a really good point. And by the way, James and I are not copyright attorneys. So anything, any information we provide should not be considered legal advice. <laughs> Even though we know a lot about it, everything we do talk about goes through legal counsel at some point in time. Exactly, exactly. Well, James and Alan, thank you for your time. Um, James, is, is there anything else that you would like to tell teachers and administrators out there? Sure, the, uh, the number one thing to remember is that this is eventually going to end. Uh, we just don't know when it's gonna end, but it's eventually gonna end. Uh, you're not in this by yourself. Uh, your, our state administrators are not in this by themselves. Our teachers are not in this by themselves and our students are not in this by themselves. Uh, this is something that we will try to, like we mentioned earlier in the interviews, we'll try to band together as many resources as possible to make it so we can get through the next couple of months. Um, there is a part of me that's very excited about all that has happened, uh, even though the way it has happened is not exciting. But uh, we have discovered new partnerships and new relationships that exist that we would have never been able to put together uh, two months ago. And so I'm excited to see what is going to happen and where we're going to go from here. And come the fall, I'm hoping that we start celebrating music within the school building again. Great. All right. Yeah, thanks, guys. I really appreciate your time. I just want to thank... Dr. Weaver and Mr. Alan Greiner for taking the time out of their busy schedules to join us on the podcast. I know both of them are working extremely hard around the clock for music teachers, speech and debate coaches, 
anyone really involved in performing arts, administrators, teachers, to really help you um, understand copyright, to help you guys get some permissions. Um, and, and really, they've done an awesome job of generating some great resources for you guys. So I need you guys to go to nfhs.org, and then you can go up to the NFHS for you tab at the top of the screen and you can click on music directors and adjudicators, or you can click on speech debate and theater directors and judges. You can, you can find the music and speech pages that way, or you can go to NFHS.org, go to the activities, activities and sports drop down column at the top and click on music or click on speech debate and theater. Once you're on the music and the speech debate and theater pages, you'll be able to see three separate articles that we posted. One of the articles is called Performing Arts COVID-19 Resources. There's gonna be resources that the NFHS posted and there's gonna be great resources that EDTA, the Educational Theater Association and NAFME, National Association for Music Education have both posted. Um, there's about three resources under each um, organization. They're all great. They all are going to help you um, come up with things for professional development, for learning how to teach music online, for learning how to teach theater online. They're going to give you guys some great ideas. Um, I would really, really, really highly recommend going to check out those resources pages, as James and Alan mentioned. I would also go to the copyright COVID-19 guidance article. Dr. Weaver mentioned that article earlier. It, it gives you the answers to five questions that you may have, such as, will simply posting my recordings on YouTube be okay? Can students record themselves and submit them for grades? Can I have my students evaluated by an online adjudicated event, etc.? There's a lot of good information in there. Um, a lot of deep dive through copyright that necessarily that you and I wouldn't know, but it's listed out for you kind of in layman's terms right here. And then the final uh, resource that I think is going to be really, really helpful for every, all of our listeners are the distributed music recordings article. Um, it just gives you guidelines for them and then a listing. And there are some publishers that have graciously allowed to their music to be recorded and distributed under the above terms. So there's the terms, and then there's a list of a couple music publishers. So go check that out, see which publishers um, are allowing their music to be recorded and distributed under certain terms. Honestly, stay safe, stay healthy, stay inside. Uh, we can all get through this together. Uh, we love you guys here at the NFHS. We're trying to give as many resources as possible, um, and we hope that they're of use to you and that you guys can do great things with your students uh, and we'll hopefully talk to you soon.